Hi, my name is Shirley Bilson, and I'm your host for the Revelation podcast. This podcast is about reinvention, courageous goal setting, and inclusive thinking for results. It's a mix of personal journey, reinvention stories, strategies, and exploring the critical role of what goes on between your ears, taking a conscious look at unconscious thinking. Always remember, if you jump in deep enough, you don't have time to be scared. Good morning, podcast listeners. Today's episode is a little bit off piece for me uh, because I want to talk about a chemical, a hormone, or rather a neurotransmitter even in our brain or in our gut. Anyway, it's called serotonin. And as you know, or may not know, I opted out of biology before O-level. Uh, I've never really had any interest except of late, you know, the last couple of decades, uh, interested in neuroscience. Uh, but that's, every, all my interest has always been related to psychology, how we behave. And so serotonin was introduced to me as, as a, okay, here's a thing, when I was studying as a hypnotherapist. And as I was introduced to it, serotonin was as i understood at the time something that was connected to the brain and it's also often described as our happy chemical and we're aware that serotonin is regarded as you know a natural antidepressant if you like so it, when we're producing good levels of serotonin it's a happy calm coping chemical it reduces depression and anxiety so Training as a clinical hypnotherapist, that was really important and a key element of what I do and what others do and, and why. And the premise being within hypnotherapy that rather than just looking at, okay, we produce this happy chemical when we're calm and coping, and if we don't produce enough of it, we end up feeling depressed and anxious. Therefore, you know, traditional route is we get prescribed some antidepressants, which are called serotonin reuptake inhibitors but you probably heard of things like citalopram or sertraline and so that would be the <clears throat> most common clinical response to anxiety and depression but the way i've always been taught to approach it and it seems pretty effective is to focus on you know okay if we if when we're depleted our reserves of serotonin are depleted and we're feeling anxious and depressed our thoughts naturally go into a negative space we start spiraling down in this vortex of what will go wrong what could go wrong what did go wrong what might go wrong we kind of get ourselves trapped and from our perspective that becomes a vicious circle because the more we do that the less serotonin we produce because what we produce instead is adrenaline and cortisol so again disclaimer I am not a biologist, a biochemist, and I apologize for any inaccuracies which were totally unintended. This is based on my understanding of it and what I continue to read. So apologies if any of this is misrepresented, totally unintentional. So the premise of, of the way I've always worked, it, and it's, as I say, it seems pretty effective, is to go, okay, well, if when we're serotonin depleted, we end up in this negative vortex of, of thoughts, then let's look at how the brain works in terms of neurotransmitters uh, and creating pathways. You may or may not have heard the term neurons that fire together, wire together. 
which basically says when we learn something and it becomes repetitive, whatever that learning is, that it, it creates stronger connections within the brain to make it easier to access. So when we're depressed or anxious, that works against us. You know, those, those neural networks supporting that negative thinking are nice and powerful and strong and keep getting more and more embedded and more powerful and more strong. So the strategy is that we break that cycle by beginning to focus on and it sounds like positive thinking, but focus on thoughts that work for us, focus on how we naturally learn. This is my way of working. This may not be how everyone else works. My interpretation of this is that the brain is most comfortable learning through senses. Uh, it makes sense, you know, it makes sense. <laughs> when we're children, that's the primary uh, input, if you like, is through our senses, is what we taste, what we hear, what we see, what we touch, what we smell. And those are the, the core, if you like, primitive learning mechanisms before we start engaging with logic and sequencing and, and that kind of advanced, what we call advanced learning when we go to school and university and all of that stuff. But I, I work on the premise, that, okay, if this is our base, this is our brain's natural space for learning is it's comfortable it stores all kinds of memories association patterns of behavior patterns of uh, function related to sensory inputs then what i work on and i I've, you may have heard me talk about this thing that i call emotional navigation just my term i've i've created this thing called emotional navigation which is recognizing this and going, okay, let's drive through the senses because we know we have sensory memory, which is powerful. So we might start off, I will come back to serotonin, don't worry. We might start off by uh, tapping into something pleasurable and we just, as we remember it, and especially when you close your eyes, it's more powerful. You tap into the senses of something, a pleasurable memory. And what that does is it starts to fire up other aspects of that memory that you logically or consciously think you might have forgotten. You kind of remember it, but as you close your eyes and you dive back into that memory, you are able to bring in things that you might not have paid close attention to, even though your brain has noticed it. So you might be able to notice more of what you could see in that moment and more of what you could hear or more of what you could taste or smell. And the purpose of doing that is to, in my view, is to re-stimulate neurons connected to that. And in so doing, to kind of fire up a little a trigger, if you like, that says, oh, I'm, I'm interested in, in more of this. I, I need you to bring more of this to front of mind. And in so doing, my, my interpretation is that the neurons start creating new synaptic connections they start creating new networks that are surrounded if you like they become positive feelings and therefore evoke positive thought processes and it seems that if we're experiencing positive feeling and positive thought processes then by default we we must be producing more serotonin so that's 
might not very clear probably for some of you as you know i kind of go here i go there but in in very simple terms what i'm saying is what it seems to be the case in my experience is that if you can help your brain evoke more positive sensations through sensory memory the logic won't shut that down as fast you know that logical oh but it all go horribly wrong because it's it's a sense it's a oh that felt nice kind of thing so it won't shut it down as fast and it it stimulates other similar thoughts memories connections to feelings that also feel good and if you can keep on doing that and do more of it it seems to stand to reason that you will produce more of the chemicals you need to maintain your positive mental health your calm your focus so that you can start being able to feel like you're on top of things again you can cope again oh my goodness you actually can think again and so that's really where a lot of the work i do in terms of clearing away confusion loss of focus brain fog self-doubt all come from from my point of view that negative vortex of thought that just makes everything worse but serotonin has become more interesting to me. And here's where I know I'm on such shaky ground with my knowledge, because as I said, not a biologist, not a biochemist, but I've been doing some, some reading around because it interests me. And what has become very interesting to me about serotonin is that it predominantly lives in, in our digestive systems, not our brains, it impacts on our brains, on reducing depression and anxiety, but it mostly lives in the digestive system. Now, who knew? I didn't know this. And you know what that what apparently is the case, and I'm looking at a web page for kind of a little bit of support here, uh, that it is made from apparently an essential amino acid called tryptophan. And I know there are uh, I'm sure there are antidepressants out there with similar titles, but tryptophan is apparently the amino acid. And the way we get that is through our diet. So I've talked a little bit about the gut brain axis, which I'm beginning to learn about and, and read about more. And there's increasing knowledge around the relationship between the gut and uh, healthy bacteria. And there's there's kind of excitement about the fact that they might have these uh, i think they call them psycho oh god i can't remember the name of it now but anyway dietary related uh drugs that you'll be able to take that that relate to your your nervous system and your gut so there's a little bit of excitement but there's there's a long way to go they're just kind of in the early stages of understanding this but what they're saying is quite rightly i think that even if they do produce these it will not be an instead of it's no it won't be the proverbial magic bullet oh i'll just take this pill and i'll be happy again it will be uh something else that fits within a framework of what you do to help you feel better so in menopausal state it might be a combination of hrt uh counseling or some other kind of therapy working with someone like me for example and some you know some dietary changes which might come in the form of a tablet but it makes sense to me and we know you know people always talk about when we feel better we eat better that's quite common when we feel better we we're more likely to exercise we're more likely to make healthy choices 
with food. And again, I don't think there's a coincidence. So what tends to happen is we think, if I can just feel better in my mind, if I can just stop this brain fog, then I will start making better choices around exercise and food. And I often work with people who go, yeah, but let's turn this on its head because even though you don't feel like it in the moment, if we take some small steps, we don't do one or the other, we, we work to do both. But if you could do one small thing today that would change just something, change anything, what if you started making a small change in your diet? And I'm not saying just, because I think the thing is we tend to, want to bite it all off like wait we're, we're gonna do an exercise regime we're gonna go three times a week we're gonna change our diet completely and eat nothing but fruit and veg and healthy stuff and no cakes and no breads and no pasta and of course especially when you're overwhelmed and you can't focus and and life's difficult and you're filled with negative thoughts that is doomed to failure and because it's doomed to failure what happens is you start doing it you fail and you feedback into that negative vortex of thinking so actually by trying to do the right things you can end up making the whole problem worse so the way one of the ways in which i work with people is in going okay no 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 let's do my tiny steps here let's just do small things but say for example according to this this amino acid that produces serotonin it's more commonly found in foods such as nuts, cheese, and red meat, and apparently eggs and salmon too. And so you might think, okay, well, maybe if I just had more eggs, maybe if I ate nuts more often, maybe if I made a decision to have an egg every day or a nut every day or, or a, an egg one day and salmon the next and nuts the, the next, what if I just did that and never and didn't try to completely overhaul my diet today because that's too much and what if I just made a few little changes and this is the way this is how I found you get the, the greatest level of success when you make these tiny little shifts just one at a time like the smallest little dolly step shifts in behavior in thinking in actions that cumulatively get you out of the place you're stuck and so you might think well you started off saying this is all about serotonin and it is but i wanted to make this this link with with all kinds of other things because you can tell the way my brain was it just goes all over the place but there's the sentence i wanted to kind of begin to highlight what i find really interesting that we can change we can support the change we want to be making by contemplating well oh maybe if I made a couple of changes so you're not saying I'm going to give up the cake you're not saying I'm going to give up the pasta you're not going to saying I'm going to give up the the out of control chocolate or biscuit eating but you might say okay well, what I will do is maybe introduce kefir into my diet which is a probiotic which I haven't mentioned I know or maybe I'll introduce more nuts, cheese, and red meat. You might think, oh, calories, calories, stuff, calories. Okay, stuff it, forget it. Just focus on what do you need to feel better? Because when you feel better, you 
you make better decisions anyway. You you want to trust, what could I do that might make me feel better right now? What small change could I make that will make me feel better? One of those things I've talked about often is, you know, where I am on slightly safer ground with, with my experience of connecting with sensory experiences that make you feel good. That's one way. Another way, and I'm only sharing this, not just because I've read a bit, we can all read a bit and Google till our fingers bleed, but because it's a change that I've also made and noticed a difference. So I got off the diet bandwagon and I chose to improve my gut health because of COVID-19. And I started religiously making sure there was kefir in my diet every day and eating more roughage to support that and more fresh fruit you might think and, and also nuts and eggs because i don't like eating a lot of red meat and uh or any meat to be honest and i certainly don't want to be eating processed food because i just think there's something not right about processed food and so but i never at any point have said i'm not eating cakes i'm not eating any of the things that i shouldn't be eating because if you know me well that word shouldn't we we don't want that in our vocabulary no no we don't and so i'm linking this with my own experiences i've moved through making positive changes and my own mental well-being in my menopausal state and what i'm beginning to read and find out about so serotonin is vital to our mental well-being it is a happy calm coping chemical it does influence depression and anxiety it has a whole host of other functions too but and we can influence it i believe through changing our thought processes but if you could also just do something simple like eat more nuts eat more salmon eat more egg why wouldn't you just it's just a small change and i'm not as i said repeatedly i'm not an expert here but maybe you want to have a look and see well okay so what kind of foods would I want to eat? I've just given you, I'm picking this up from one particular website called Healthline. And you can have a look and think, well, okay, well, how's it going to hurt? How's it going to hurt? If you're feeling overwhelmed, stuck, confused, you know, all the things that come in that, that mental just losing yourself in menopause, then why not give it a go my intention at the time was nothing to do i'd had no idea the connection between serotonin and gut and mood and anxiety when i started to introduce kefir and change my dietary habits but now i do know that i think oh so maybe that's played a part in it too so there we have it the roundabout little journey we've taken that sort of touched upon serotonin here and there touched upon the gut touched upon diet touched upon how we deal with anxiety negative thought processes that spiral us down and how we might start to spiral back up again so i hope that's kind of sparked a little bit of interest in you in things you might be able to do for yourself but again, health warning, don't try to just, please, whatever you do, 
just take the small steps don't go oh right i'll change everything really just take small steps it really is way way better for achieving the success you want for coming out of this faster and feeling more like yourself sooner if you just take the small steps little itty bitty changes work more powerfully than trying to you know it's like i signed up for the marathon haven't trained running it tomorrow no don't do that you wouldn't do that so don't do that with your brain either okay enough from me um i will catch you hopefully hopefully i will welcome you on a podcast tomorrow if you found this vaguely interesting please do share on your social media platforms and i look forward to welcoming you tomorrow and also as you know if you want to connect with us on facebook on social media it's the mental wealth factory i was going to say .co.uk but it's the mental wealth factory on facebook okay take care bye for now Thank <music> you.